0: Hello and welcome to Ryan Reviews the Universe, bringing you the best takes for the best times for you, the best people. Uh, Just think of this show as your local source from just about everything, from Taken to Tekken, Tottenham to Thai food, the Tasmanian Tiger to the Tokugawa Shogunate. There are a lot of things in this world and I'd like to have an opinion on them before I kick the bucket. Um, With me reviewing all this fun stuff is my good friend, Noah. Noah, how are you doing, bud? I'm feeling
1: good, Ryan. It feels good to be back on the mics with you, exactly. taking us back to our old college days.
0: Oh, jeez. It has been a lot, long time. This was the, That was the first iteration of uh, Ryan Reviews the Universe on WIUX LP Bloomington. But alas, we are just podcasting nowadays, but still doing the same thing and still having a bunch of fun. Um, we're going to be reviewing Arcane, The French Dispatch and World Cup qualifiers today. Um, We're gonna start off with The French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's new film. Noah, what were your initial
1: thoughts? Um, I really came into this movie, Ryan. I am a Wes Anderson fan. I love his films that he's made. I didn't watch a single trailer for this movie, Ryan. I really went in just straight up raw, and I came out loving it, I can't lie. It feels like a... It feels like an artist's like greatest hits album in yeah, a
0: movie. that sort of anthology feel to the film. There, each sort of section is self-contained in stories, like they would be on a newspaper. Uh, the name, the French Dispatch, is the name of this fictional newspaper. Um, the from the Kansas what was it Kansas Sun or something like that? What was that? The yeah. Liberty Kansas Evening Sun. So like, there's this tiny, little outpost of this newspaper from Kansas in France, and their sort of tagline is, um "They're showing Kansas the world." And it's got Bill. Mur- it's the cast is absolutely incre- incredible. They've got an ensemble cast: Francis McDermott, um, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton. Um, del Toro who else Adrian Brody Owen Wilson Timothy Chalamet Owen Wilson because of course Owen Wilson has to be in the <laughs> um, Wes Anderson film there's just some actors he just keeps on going back to and back to he didn't say wow this time which I was like a little bit bummed about <laughs> but we'll, we'll just let that slide real quick um, about the plot um, yeah like I said before it's segmented into four different articles one just the opening front page and then three full-on um vignettes i suppose you could call them
1: Uh, what would you yeah yeah i think that's a good way to describe them yeah
0: um my favorite probably was the private dining room of the police commissioner um and it was really, really interesting because the film just switches back from black and white to color um, from different um, animation styles and live action and then back to animation and um, experimenting with like words on the bottom left corner of the screen or just using half the screen as far as the... Stuff is concerned, and you can still tell it's a Wes Anderson film because everything is very neat and tidy, and it looks like every single sort of frame mm-hmm. is a picture in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's performance was really, really good. I would say, um, specifically, Francis McDermott and Tilda Swinton are just very, very funny, and it's like the clever funny. Like, there are, I'm sure, so many more jokes in that film that I just wasn't able to sort of catch on the first viewing. You know what I'm saying, bud?
1: Yeah, I. One of the things, Ryan, I can't wait till this movie comes out on streaming services. I'm probably going to watch it another two, three times. But even in that opening story, Ryan, with Owen Wilson, I almost couldn't focus on what Owen Wilson was actually saying. This opening story was like a. It was basically like an introduction to just the town, the surrounding area where this newspaper was being produced. And. Like you said, Ryan, every frame felt like a painting, like, and it took up the entire screen. The colors are just so beautiful in a Wes Anderson film. It feels like he uses every color in the color palette. And it was almost to the point I don't want to say it was overwhelming in like the visual stimuli, Ryan, but I was just obsessed with looking at the screen, trying to catch every detail on the screen that in that opening story with Owen Wilson, I honestly just lost track of what he was actually saying because the movie is just absolutely stunning. Did you know that, like,
0: did you realize, and I sort of caught this when they were finally talking about the second um, sort of story, the revisions to a manifesto. Mm. He goes to this French town, right, and he sort of passes by every single place that he um, will eventually be covered by the French dispatch.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, I did not that catch cool. that, but that makes quite a bit more sense. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's
0: that was pretty cool for me. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Any outstanding performances in your opinion, or quotes that you really liked, or just other sort of takes that you should get from the film? And you know, spoilers ahead. We we will be saying yeah, things yeah, that yeah. spoil the plot for the film, which probably should have led with that, but. Sorry, folks.
1: You know, I don't know if I'm coming off the high of Dune or what it is, Ryan, but I thought Timothy Chalamet was amazing in his role that Wes Anderson put him into in this film. I thought Timothy Chalamet. that was personally my favorite story was the Timothy Chalamet story. That was it was talking about like the revolutions going on in terms of in the French world between the like government, this police, and the young college students of uh, France. Yeah, I think and he's... I thought it was just like. I thought it was beautifully pieced together. I thought the set pieces were amazing. I thought the music fit really well with the story, and I thought it ended really well.
0: I might be wrong, but, like, were they protesting so that they could get access to the woman's dorm in this college? Like, I think that was what the big hubbub was for that specific, uh, <laughs> um, like, revolution or whatnot. Like, that was the revolution. Like, yeah, equal access to the woman's <laughs> dorm. Which is, like... Very, very Wes Anderson humor. Um, Timothy Chalamet did a great job, and what's funny about that is, yeah, he legitimately just got off of having two blockbuster hits in the same week. French Dispatch and Dune debuted in the same week. That's that's crazy. That's he's, absolutely. He's crazy. doing well. He's doing well for himself. He's doing very well for himself. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I really, really like the scene. Where, and I, I thought this was probably like, I wouldn't say emotional core of the film, but I would say the most heartfelt moment where that chef just got back from getting out of the coma after eating the poison. And he's like, after eating the poison, I had never tasted something like that before. And I never will again. And he's just sad. <laughs> like, that, that was that was like touching and funny and very, very Wes Anderson. And I really, really loved that. Um, I'm trying to think he's just so clever it, this could have been a novel but he decided to put it into the screen like the wording and the dialogue is just so superflu- superfluously clever it's just very very Wes Anderson with these I don't know like you see a Wes Anderson film, you see just one frame of a Wes Anderson film and you know it's his.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and going back to your going back to your point Ryan about the uh the f- last story, I believe it was called the uh Private Dining on, Room sorry. of the Police Commissioner. Yes, I thought that was actually the most well-rounded and perfectly paced story of the movie. Uh I thought it was a beautiful mix ryan of both live action and what felt like it was like lightly psychedelic animation i thought that story was really good and i i do think that was the most well-rounded story of the entire film and i i really like that they went with that animation ryan for that ending chase scene between the criminal and the police uh i thought choosing to do animation there was a very good decision It was just completely unexpected and it felt like the kind
0: of artistry that you would expect from the cover of almost a New Yorker magazine kind of front cover. So it felt very, very informed. Speaking of other things that I was reminded of, have you ever seen Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers film? I have not. All right. So it's sort of, they both... These films sort of remind me of them. I would say that French Dispatch is kind of a better Hail Caesar. They both revolve around a main character trying to hold everything together. In this, it's sort of Bill Murray in the background as the editor of the French Dispatch. And in Hail Caesar, it's Josh Brolin as Eddie Manx, who's kind of a fixer for this Hollywood studio. Just cutting deals under the table um, and under the limelight and there are a bunch of different anthological vignettes I guess we're still calling them that um, but that, that was like a Coen Brothers film so it's got all these quirky one time characters and then this was more pastels um, superfluous writing and just every picture painting or every frame of painting, I would say. Um,
1: yes. Yeah. As as well, uh, between the two. I I was thinking, Ryan, that this may not be Wes Anderson's best film to introduce no. someone to. I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it's. But what
0: his best film? Where would you rate it within Wes Anderson? So,
1: films? my friends and I had this discussion right after Colin. Um, Colin, I just called you Colin. Sorry, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Which which
0: show is this, bud?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan. um, For those of
0: you who don't know, Noah, you want to talk about your podcast real quick? uh,
1: Yeah, for all the Ryan reviews, the universe listeners out there, I also (laughs) have a podcast called Bench Chatter, and it is an exclusively fantasy basketball podcast. So if you're into that kind of thing, you like my voice, you can come listen. Uh, But I'm hitting hitting a much more niche (laughs) crowd than you, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah,
0: just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Uh, well, I was going to, yeah. So me and my friends had this discussion right after. Did they think this was Wes Anderson's best film? And to me, Ryan, my two favorite Wes Anderson films before coming into this are Grand Budapest Hotel. I mean, like, come on. Yep, yep. And Moonrise Kingdom. And personally, Moonrise Kingdom is my favorite Wes Anderson film. But I I have sort of a emotional attachment to that movie that puts a special place in my heart. And I had to go rewatch Grand Budapest Hotel, Ryan, to really sink this in. And I think, I think I like the French Dispatch more than Grand Budapest Hotel. Really? I think in my, I think in my personal rankings, really? it would go Moonrise Kingdom, French Dispatch, Budapest Hotel. Wow. See, I don't think. I think French Dispatch cracks
0: top five for me, but. It's like at four. I think Grand Budapest Hotel is at one. I think, and this might be a hot take, Isle of Dogs at number two, then The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, <laughs> then Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom, and then maybe French Dispatch.
1: Isle of Dogs is a hot take, Ryan. <laughs> I, I
0: love Isle of Dogs. It's such a cute, it's a, such a adorable film. It's Why solid. do I feel
1: like, I feel like you could have been casted in that movie, Ryan, like a little dog wearing glasses. I totally could have. I think been. he would have fit right what, in. What breed of dog would have been?
0: There is a right I feel like
1: you're like, you know, the immediate breed that came to mind, Ryan, right, when you said that was a Schnauzer. I don't know why. Okay. But I kind of picked oh, you. Okay, that...
0: okay. You know what? That, was, <laughs> that wasn't the answer I was looking for, but I'll take it. I'll take Schnauzer. What I'll breed think... do you think you are? I was going to go with, like, Irish Wolfhounds, like a big dude. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, that just – no, it's a, a like, little softy a, a big old softy like g- growing up <laughs> I had a family friend they had a Irish wolfhound her name was uh, Rosemary or was it Rosebud something like that and she was like acted like a little horse like other kids <laughs> would ride on her she would not give a darn she was the sweetest thing I, I miss her very much <laughs>
1: I just looked up pictures of schnauzers, Ryan, and I think I hit it on the dot. A little schnauzer with glasses. I think (laughs) you could have been cast (laughs) in. All right. Dog jokes
0: aside, or my spirit animal aside, um, let's get to our final ranking of the film. The weird thing is we don't do 0-10 to here on Ryan Reviews the Universe. We do what?
1: We do negative 7 to 7, negative Ryan. 7 to 7, baby. The pH and, scale. <laughs> and this is something that you introduced to me when we first met in college. And yep. I immediately thought it was genius. And I've been ranking movies on that scale ever since, Ryan. I, um, for the folks out there, a film that's in the negatives I, I was, is a bad film that's comically good. Think about The Room. The Room is a notoriously bad movie that people love because how bad it is. Or like, Um,
0: I would say the original Dune by David Lynch. Like, that's a good negative five because (laughs) you you enjoy watching it, but you know it's not good. Like, you know that there's not really artistic merit to it. Or if there is artistic merit, it's like not the good artistic merit.
1: Yeah, I was watching a couple weekends ago, Ryan, I was watching with my friends Lily and Eli. Mm -hmm. We were doing a viewing of the first Twilight, and I think the first Twilight is a hilarious, like, negative four, negative five on this scale to where it's a movie that's, like, you know, it's coming off as a drama, thriller, romantic movie, and I couldn't stop laughing at it, Ryan. (laughs) The budget for that first Twilight was $30 million, and if you would have (laughs) had me guess, I would have said it was thirty (laughs) million. Uh, I I love the movie. Like, I had a great time watching and I couldn't stop laughing. But I don't think that's a, what the director was going for. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: yeah, so the basics are yeah, negative seven to seven, where zero is the worst. Negative integers represent movies that are so bad they're good, or movies that have more entertainment value than artistic merit. And here's the thing. Movies can exist on both sides of the scale. For instance, um, I would say Frozen 2 is the classic example, if we're deciding what the classic example is. In my opinion, it's simultaneously a negative 2 and a 4. Um, like, it's kind of trying to be a bad, good movie, but it's also just an okay movie, if that makes sense. Oh, whole mm-hmm. numbers only. I don't want any 0. 0.5 sort of. Craziness.
1: We don't mess around with decimals no, here. No, we,
0: we don't mess around with decimals or irrational numbers or imaginary numbers. Just whole numbers here. <laughs> Just all that good stuff. Um, some, neg- some full sevens, I would say. I would say mm-hmm. Ratatouille, Moonlight, Blazing Saddles, <laughs> um, Booksmart, All's Quiet on the Western Front, Pulp Interstellar. Fiction, Interstellar, those would all be full sevens. And then the only negative seven that I could truly think of is the room. Like, that's the standard that negative sevens yeah. hold. Yep. <laughs> Unless, I mean, can you think of another true negative seven?
1: Dude, I'm not kidding. Twilight One might be up there.
0: You, you said it was at negative they, four. Like, negative four. Yeah, that was,
1: seven. you know, that was in a drunken haze, right? If I really <laughs> sat down and laughed at... Re- they had this one scene, Ryan, where they were playing baseball. And it's a baseball game between a bunch of vampires. <laughs> so they're hitting the ball, like, 500 feet out, Ryan. And they're, the vampires are just sprinting and jumping, like, 30 feet in the air and oh catching it. That's when the movie really sealed itself for me. And I was like, this is a masterpiece.
0: <laughs> I think Swordfish is probably, like, a negative six. Like, it gets up there. That's got Hugh Jackman holly berry um what's his name from pulp fiction oh geez I'll Which, think of it john later. travolta john or? travolta thank you yep um that's like a negative six there's a scene where hugh jackman and don Cheadle are falling down a ravine for a good minute 30 seconds i timed it like, it's like a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds. They're just falling down a hill. And they're just shot after a different angle after shot. And they're, they're rolling on top of you with this shot, different shot. And I'm like, what is this? So, so bad. So bad. So good. But French
1: Dispatch, what do you think? I'm giving this a six, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I really am. I, th- I thought it was that good of a film. And yeah. that's on initial viewing. I think it could only go up after I, I watch it a couple more times. I don't think it will ever truly
0: become a 7 for me, but I, my initial viewing, I was right up there with you, but I think I'm going to have to give it a 5 simply because there's no real emotional core to the film like there is with some of his other works, namely Grand Budapest Hotel. Like You didn't really get that with The French Dispatch, but it is inherently charming and superbly clever and for that reason i'm giving it the
1: score of a five my only quip with the movie ryan is that there were too many good actors who didn't get enough screen time like what a good problem to have with a movie honestly though honestly though and i think that sort of
0: is part of its charm No, everyone was sort of sharing the screen light and simultaneously having a good time within the film um it was a wonderful, wonderful piece. and It had to be a
1: blast to film. I'll say that right now. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, really, I'm not sure whether I would agree with that because I feel like Mr. Anderson would want everything to be very, very particular about how things are shot and how people act and how they enunciate words. So...
1: I really don't. I mean, know. That, that's a given in any Wes Anderson movie, though. This is true. You know, he's striving for perfection, and I think once the actors, the people who worked on the movie, the crew, I think once I got to view this end product, Ryan, I think seeing Wes Anderson's vision come to full, like fruility, Fragility? I don't know. Fruition. But I think fruition—that's the word I'm looking your, for. Got your back. <laughs> I think buddy. seeing it. I think seeing it at the end would pay off for you know. Because the scenes are set up very specifically, Ryan. The chore- choreography is so, like, had to be perfect in so many of those scenes. And yeah, I love the film. It was a Wes Anderson masterpiece. Masterpiece.
0: All right, and with that, that concludes uh, part one. Well, when we come back with part two, we will be talking about Arcane. Uh, stay tuned. And we're back. And after our riveting discussion on the movie The French Dispatch, we're coming at you with a TV show. A TV show that I did not think would be any good at all. Normally, TV shows about video game properties are just inherently bad. They are doomed from the start, whether it's World of Warcraft, whether it's the Sonic movie, whether it's Mario Brothers, all of those doomed to failure. But for whatever reason, if League of Legends, of all people, decided to put out a TV show, it's actually pretty darn good. The story of Powder and Vi, two sisters growing up in sort of a class-divided city, um, and introducing a bunch of characters that Noah and I love to play in the video game League of Legends. Noah, Mm -hmm. what were your initial
1: thoughts? You know, I'm just going to go off here for a second, Ryan, because like you... I had no expectations coming into the show. Um, I really didn't know how it was going to be. And the first two words that come to mind, Ryan, when I think of what I think of this show is just absolutely amazing. Like, I, I really am in love with this show. I thought everything from the animation felt fluid, fluent, organic. The visuals are stunning, which is something hard to say about an animated show, really. And I thought the characters were amazing. I thought the story was written fantastically and I think this is a one of a kind show, Ryan. I, I really do and like you said, we're both lore junkies. We play League of Legends. Like we, we already know these characters and we love them. And going into this I was kinda concerned, Ryan, that you know, the important the importance of many of the events in this series would, you know, fly over the casual viewer's head because League is just League of Legends is just a very intricate universe, but I was proven wrong. I think there's a perfect blend of both new and old faces, Ryan. I think I think the character development they're doing in this show is really good. They get you attached to characters that like I had no previous attachment to, Ryan. Brand new characters in the show. And yeah, I'm in love with this show, Ryan, but as league nerds that like we are, I kind of figured that if this show was good we would be all over it. And Ryan, I think the biggest I think the biggest um, endorsement for the show is that my friend Eli, who has zero zero clue into you know the lore of the League universe, Eli he's never played League of Legends. Like League. Yeah, he has <laughs> zero <laughs> intentions to play League of Legends. You know, I had to I had to even convince him to watch the show because I had to tell him it was just a really good show, and he's watched all six episodes that are out right, and he loved it. And I think that's the best endorsement for the show because they just got a brand new face to watch their show about an already existing video game and I think that's just awesome. It's just really really good publicity for League of Legends
0: and I really like how they didn't swamp the screen with characters League of Legends has something like 150 champions or something like that and I would say what there are only 7 of them on the screen
1: yeah less than 10.
0: Less than 10 with possibly a couple more depending on Who's actually who kind of deal Like I'm, we're not mm-hmm. really sure about Warwick making an appearance But like
1: you've well, seen, I... y- You think Okay spoilers ahead folks Noah you can go <laughs> I, d- I mean if you just know The lore Ryan you know that Stinge Is about to run some messed up Experiments on Vander And he they also called him the hound Of the underground at a certain point You know I mm. <laughs> vander is warwick i'll just say that right now okay okay and so- also if you're gonna watch this show for the first time and you are a league of legends fan maybe watch the show with the captions off because ryan you knew you did not know for sure if one character was singed or not and i was watching with the captions on and when he talked it said singed <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah my boy oh, singed <laughs> For those of you who do not know, Singed is a meme, annoying character within League of Legends. All he does is just leave a trail of poison gas and flip opponents up into the air. Um, it's really fun to play um, with and terrible to play against, but he's normally pretty bad, so it doesn't matter. Oh, geez. Um, Looks like Vi and Caitlyn shippers will be very, very happy with this show. Um, I, I include myself in that sort of regard Um, you get that perfect combo of um, melee fighter and then ranged defender sort of deal going on there I'm trying to think what else Um, do we think that Silco is anyone else
1: in the lore or is he just a completely new character you know people think he's Jin but I think he's just a completely new character actually do you think that he becomes a champion within League of Legends. I could
0: see that. <laughs> yeah, likewise, likewise. And I, I was very, very um, happy to see Singed in the show, but I was even more happy to see um, Victor. Victor is this fallen star guy who grew up in the middle of nowhere um, in this dregs called Zon. Um, he's a cripple. Zahn. Yeah, Zahn. And he sort of tragically falls from grace and becomes this mechanized, crazed um, sorcerer, I suppose? Scientist. Scientist, yeah. Scientist-sorcerer, I guess. He's a little bit of both, honestly.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But um, we had never really seen what he looked like prior to his transformation we just saw his mechanized form within League of Legends. And there's this quiet, soft-spoken little dude who just says, I am Victor in the second episode. And I was like, oh, this is this is pretty darn cool. Um, but the animation is absolutely incredible. It feels kind of that into the Spireverse fresh,
1: if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sometimes... Sometimes the scenes really do look like video game cutscenes, Ryan. Yeah. And I mean that in like a good way, like a very highly produced video game. The action scenes are immaculate. The only thing that I really have a bit of problem with is I
0: don't think that they've fully gotten some facial like ticks, I suppose. Like you can sometimes tell that's totally like something feels off with their human character models sometimes. Not that this mm-hmm. is a very, very irregular occurrence, but there
1: are a couple times within the show where I've just kind of had that thought. How'd you, uh, how'd you like that Imagine Dragons music video in the, I think the fifth episode, right?
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> there
1: is an Imagine Dragons ad, I
0: suppose, you <laughs> can we call it that, in episode five at the very, very end. The song's alright. I don't like Imagine Dragons. I was um, laughing
1: out loud <laughs> while it was happening. I was like, this is I can't believe they did this.
0: And they've made characters of the members of the Imagine Dragons band in the TV show, and they're they're singing it to one of the main characters. That was that's probably <laughs> got to be the low point <laughs> of the show thus far. But Imagine Dragons. Not for Imagine
1: Dragons fans. (laughs) Jeez.
0: Imagine Dragons has had a relationship with Riot and League of Legends for a long time at this point, so I'm not entirely surprised, but I am disappointed. (laughs) I am disappointed. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So there's this Firewatch sort of renegade, I don't know. Mm rebel group that's sort of out to get the bad guys freedom fighters freedom fighters and the main guy's got like this owl mask right Mm -hmm. buddy who do you think it is
1: uh i i don't know dude i think it might be uh echo
0: yep that's my thoughts as well like i'm more sure that dude's echo than um xander is warwick (laughs) like warwick (laughs) is green Xander was purple. All right, for a little bit of background um, explanation, Xander is like this father finger to Jinx and Vi, or Powder, as she used to be called. Um, and he died, but when he sort of turned into this purple, roided-out monster before he did die. And there's a similar character in League of Legends, called Warwick. He's this mechanized wolf who's called the Hound of Zahn. And someone called, I guess, Xander the Hound of Zahn. So Noah thinks that they're the same person. But with Echo, it's the same sort of green technology and fighting ability and protecting Zahn. So I think Echo is the leader of this... um, fire Firewatch group. Not Firewatch. Firelight. What was it, Noah? Something like that. Firelight, yeah. Firelight, there you go. Yeah. But yeah. No, it was a bunch of fun. Um T V shows don't actually get rated on the negative seven to seven scale because it's sort of like how would you rate Game of Thrones even by season to season? Each episode is inherently different Mm -hmm. from each other. You'd have to just rate Mm -hmm. every single episode negative seven to seven. Also, I'm
1: much I'm much less forgiving on a bad TV show, Ryan, than a bad movie.
0: Yeah, like you can forgive. I'll probably just stop watching a bad TV show. (laughs) You can forgive like the first four seasons of a great TV show, but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you like if I'm trying to rate Game of Thrones on negative seven to seven. I would have to take into account the atrociousness that is the last few seasons. So the final score would not re- fully reflect how my feelings are for the show because it's a lot more than just, like you said, just
1: an hour of viewing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, Uh. I mean, Arcane really hit it out of the park for me, Ryan, if I'm going to be honest. It's, it's a bit of a slow burner. Um, I think the pace is steady, but it does take time for events to unfold, which I think some people might find boring. Um, but I think that can be overlooked when a person like me, I'm I'm fully invested into this story that they're building, Ryan, and I find joy out of just the small moment and some of the interactions between some of the characters. And yeah, I think this is a five out of... What are we rating this out of, Ryan? I 10? think
0: what we should do... No, we should do... Let's do something different. Let's call worth a watch pick up the remote as in like pick up the remote would be the best worth a watch is just like watch it um meh is meh um gas station sushi is exactly what it sounds like and then um waste of neurons is worse than gas station sushi
1: (laughs) uh for me then Ryan it's the pick up the remote I think I would recommend this show to everyone in my life
0: Okay. I think it's definitely worth a watch. I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's pick up the remote good, but I definitely think that if you've got the free time and are looking for a good new show to get into, um, Arcane is the show for you. There are going to be nine episodes, and six episodes are out at the moment. So, I mean,
1: just to attest to-, to how much we were excited for this show, Ryan, last Friday when we were hanging out, we were looking forward to at Saturday 3 a.m. when the new episodes are going to (laughs) drop. All right, touche,
0: touche. (laughs) This is true. This is entirely true. And with that comment, we will move on to some soccer on part three. The World Cup is coming up next winter, I believe. Is that right, Noah? Yeah, yeah. It's because it's in Qatar, they, or Qatar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jeez, I keep on messing that up. Um, because it's in Qatar, they can't hold it in the summer because it'll be too hot, so it'll be in the winter. But World Cup qualifiers are right now, and a bunch of teams that aren't Qatar have finally qualified within UEFA and um Col- It's really pronounced Qatar. I, I think it's Cutter. I Damn. think Cutter's the correct pronunciation.
1: I'm there'll an ignorant some, American, man.
0: There's There will be some nerd who will correct one of us in... Like the emails that I will get at, at the end. Well, of actually. Well, well, actually, normally that's my role in any sort of friend group, so someone <laughs> correcting me is really thrilling for a lot of people. Anyways, um, Canada is now top of the CONCACAF um, rankings with uh, 16 points after their defeat of Mexico at home um, in the middle of like negative 10 degree weather. They They played, I I believe, yesterday and beat them Mm 2-0, I want to say. No, Mm 2-1. Apologies. But the United States played a game against Mexico and played a game against Jamaica. And we beat Mexico 2-0, and Jamaica tied us Um, Mm
1: 1-1. What do we think of these results, Noah? Uh, You know, I think the result against that Mexico team was a really good result for the team, Ryan. You know, we're not running out our full strength squad yet, and that was a that's a good veteran Mexico team that we're playing, Ryan. Uh you know, at the beginning of the game they really were playing for the draw. I, I I really do believe that just in the way that they were tactically playing. Uh I thought that the US came out. I thought we answered it well. We dealt with the pressure of Mexico. I think we fully I think Greg Bearhalter fully took advantage Ryan, of both the age of the U.S. team, who I believe the average age of our team is 23, I think he took full advantage of both the youth and the energy that that team was bringing. And, you know, we pressed Mexico for that almost entire game. And it took a while to get that first goal, Ryan. But after that, it felt like, you know, the game was broken open. And Mexico only really had a handful of really good chances. And, you know, we got Zach Steffen back there, who I have full confidence in. I feel
0: like... Like, are we good, or is Mexico not as good as they used to be? Because I don't want to call Mexico a bad squad. They consistently make the World Cup and consistently make it out of the group stages. They are a good team, but are they not as good as they used to be with these two losses in this international
1: break? I, 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 think, I just don't think we're a great matchup for them, Ryan. I don't think they want to see us. Really. Really. And I think we have gotten a lot better as a nation, as a talker. Yeah, so current
0: standings for the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers are as follows. Canada at 16 points, United States at 15, and Mexico and Panama both at 14, but with Mexico ahead on goal differential. Um, Panama mm-hmm. at 14 points, um, fighting <laughs> up there with the big dogs and possibly making a World Cup for the second time in a row. That would be incredible. That would be huge for Panama. That would be huge for Panama. The way it works for the CONCACAF qualifiers are that the top three teams make it directly to the World Cup, and then the 4th place team makes it in a do-or-die game against a similarly-placed team in Asia, and that team makes it to the World Cup. So, Mm -hmm. right now, Panama is knocking on the door for automatic qualification— Um, Fifth place is currently Costa Rica at nine points, but it's kind of obvious at this point in the standings what teams are pushing for those top four spots and those top three spots, if we're being completely honest. Mm -hmm. Um, If we move over to Europe, the teams that have currently qualified are the winners of each UEFA group. Um, They are as follows. Germany, uh, winner of group J, France, winner of group D, Belgium, winner of group E, Croatia, winner of group H, Spain, winner of group B, Serbia, winner of group A, England, winner of group I, Switzerland, Switzerland, winner of group C, and uh, Netherlands, La Orania, um, winner of group G, whoo,
1: who's missing, who's missing? Huh. You know, I think there's a decent nation out there who may have one of the best soccer players of ever, all time, right? that you, yeah. you may have not said. Yeah, I, I don't think I said. I think it, it's on the tip of my tongue. Tip,
0: pip, port, port, Portugal? Where is Portugal? Portugal? What, Portugal. What happened to Portugal? They lost to Serbia, I believe, in mm-hmm. the last game, and thus lost out on automatic qualification to the World Cup. Now, don't get me wrong. They still have a shot to make it to the World Cup. They have to mm-hmm. essentially play in an, another group stage. But that just makes their path to the World Cup harder.
1: Um, yeah. Um, can I just – can I give you my whole Ronaldo spiel real quick, Ryan? Let's hit it. Hear it. Because I think it fits for both when he plays for Portugal and his team he plays on now, Man United, and even the team he last played on at Juventus. Um, Looking at the team when he joined Juventus, Ryan, when Ronaldo joins your team, you change your play style to fit around Ronaldo. Just as any team would with any great player, Ryan. And I truly think that that Juventus team took a step back playing through Ronaldo. I, I think just at the point he is in his career, Ryan, I... But Juventus is not I think now without him. Like, they're... What, yes, ninth you didn't let me... You didn't let me finish. All right, all right, all right, all right. I think... I think Ronaldo stunted some of the growth that, that Juventus has out of the, some of their young, promising players. I don't think Federico Chiesa got to play enough when Ronaldo was on the team. I think Paolo Dybala, who is very good, had to take a, a seat back to Ronaldo. And I think... Yeah, that just them playing through Ronaldo really did make them a worse team. And I think you can say the same for Portugal. Honestly, Portugal plays through Ronaldo. They play to get Ronaldo the ball near the box to get him goals. And this involves them having to run lineups specifically for Ronaldo. And I just don't know if that's the best move for Portugal.
0: Do you think the same sort of plays out for Man United as well? Yep. So, you think it's a Ronaldo issue and not a coaching issue? Because I would argue that Portugal's um, <laughs> coach is um, not good. Uh, also, Ole is not exactly a tactical mastermind either. He's a great well, man. It,
1: yeah. Like, great dude. For being honest, I think that Man U team's problem stems from the defense <laughs> up, really. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah, so the teams that are still technically in um, the possibility of qualifying for the World Cup in Europe. um, Turkey is one of them. Wales and Scotland. um, Wales in the World Cup would be crazy. Italy. (laughs) Italy is another team that missed out on automatic qualification (laughs) behind Switzerland. So you've got Shaka and Shaqiri um, screwing (laughs) over Italy because they went... Undefeated in qualification, but with four wins and four draws. Um, the way qualification pointage works is with th- a win, you get three points. With a draw, you get one. With a loss, you get no points whatsoever. And, Italy with
1: the little uh, Euro Euro's win hangover.
0: Yeah. Oh, jeez. After winning probably the next biggest international competition, they just... Are making it hard. They're playing on hard mode Noah. That's what they're doing. They're just playing on hard mode. (laughs) Um, Ukraine is still in it as well. Um, I already said Scotland. Um, Turkey also is in it. Norway misses out after a crazy Group G. Before the last match day, Netherlands was two points ahead and Turkey and Norway were tied at 18 points. And with Netherlands defeat of Norway and Turkey's win over, I believe, Montenegro. Um, a certain young superstar will not be making his first World Cup appearance. So rest in peace, Earl. Sad. Sad. Yeah, very sad. Also, weirdly good showing by Montenegro. Getting 12 points <laughs> You know, out I'm of always that...
1: rooting for my boys in Montenegro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I cannot name one person on Montenegro's <laughs> national team. But getting 12 points out of that group of death is... Incredible. Even if some of those points were against Gibraltar,
1: so like, (laughs) you know, my second favorite team, Gibraltar. (laughs) When I have to see Montenegro and Gibraltar play, you know, a tear just comes to my eye for whoever loses.
0: (laughs) Poor Gibraltar, zero wins, zero draws, (laughs) ten losses, uh, four goals for, forty three goals against. Oh my! Oh my God! You know, Gibraltar's just got to go
1: back to the whiteboard, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they're already on a rock. Like, they just shouldn't leave it. <sighs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, Ireland misses out as they were third in a group with Serbia and Portugal. Um, Greece is out after beginning third in a group with Spain and Sweden. Um, that sort of concludes what this international break held. Oh, and Brazil and Argentina have made it to the World Cup as well Um, in Colombo, which is South America's group. They do a similar sort of deal as the um, North American teams where they have a round robin sort of deal going on, and the top four make it out. Um, And Argentina and Brazil are just so ahead of the pack that they've already qualified. Mm Mm-hmm. Any other things you want to talk about during this international break?
1: I don't think so, Ryan. I think we covered everything I really wanted to talk about.
0: I think last notes should be thoughts on our game against Jamaica. We did not look good in Jamaica at all. Nope. Um, We were clinical at the beginning with that early goal with Timothy Way, but a certain West Ham player from... Jamaica is just too stinking good. If you don't have him on your EPL fantasy team, I don't know what you're doing. Mikel Antonio is the truth, and he got a point for Jamaica, um, putting them currently in sixth in the standings at seven points. Honestly, we should have pressed more. We should have been more aggressive, especially with the team that we had. Um, Jamaica's defense was immaculate, but I would say that our attacking
1: threat was just as much a problem Um, yeah i mean the u.s is gonna struggle defensively against good strikers like that's that's just the case there right like when (laughs) our defense is
0: mls players and john brooks um you're gonna have a bad time how old is john (laughs) our boy
1: our boy zimmerman got the start again right
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I mean, not that I don't have anything against us using MLS players, international team. Like, obviously, there are going to be great players within the MLS. Pepe is one of them. Although my guess is that he leaves for Europe within the next uh, summer transfer window. Um, but MLS defenders,
1: yikes! They're dude. built different. <laughs> they're built different. <laughs> In a bad way. They're, they're built. We they are we, real different. As U.S. soccer fans, Ryan, we really have to hope that Chris Richards Chris Richards, develops into a really good center back. Who's he currently playing for? Fulham? Byron. Munich. Byron? Byron? Who's
0: the defender who yeah. plays for Fulham then? We'll figure out at a later point. Yeah. Fulham's <laughs> always got an American player. Anyways, um, that concludes our talk on World Cup qualifiers. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening to... The first dispatch, I suppose. Is that what we're calling the first episode? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Any inaccuracies, comments, questions, um, suggestions, and insults should be directed to RyanReviewsTheUniverse at gmail.com or catch us at our Instagram at RyanReviewsTheUniverse. Also, Noah's podcast
1: is bench chatter as i said it is a fantasy basketball podcast but we also do one episode a week where me and my co-host Colin just talk ball not fantasy related and i think it's a really good time as much as i know about movies tv shows uh soccer ryan i truly do know the most about basketball and we will have you on for basketball at some point in time definitely so follow us on spotify apple Podcasts at bench chatter And thanks for having me on, Orion. I had a really good time.
0: It was wonderful to have you, bud. Until next time, folks.